everyone was already checked out and we were like hey let's talk about it <laughs> we watched that race we watched spa Thanks. it feels like it was forever ago it was forever ago it was like a week ago at this point but we did a live-ish reaction a less than 24 hours no just over 24 hours later reaction so in case you forgot what happened in spa here it is from our live stream enjoy and we'll see you after the summer break Meow. you guys ready Yeet. Always. All right. Yeet. <laughs> Ladies yes, and gentlemen, so ready. <laughs> welcome to Gravel Trap F1 Live. Oops. Oops. Should, no uh, oops. I, there were a lot of oopses this weekend. There were plenty of them. I, I was going to go back to the Otmar quote and oh, the, the public not. reaction, uh, the publicly consumable reaction. Well, right. My initial reaction was I thought it was a joke. Like, I thought it wasn't real. Like, I thought it was one of those you know, what are those accounts? meme accounts that kind of post not real interviews. And then I was like, wait, this is being talked about way too much. This definitely happened. Yikes. Yeah. Like he must be already hired by another team to be able to say quotes like that. He has a contract. I feel like that's, yeah. that's what I'm taking out of this. If you're spouting nonsense, you have a solid contract. You don't need to convince somebody to hire you. Yeah. I don't know anything. <laughs> Nobody tells me anything. Don't come for me. F1. I know nothing. Has there Since been everyone's a, watching this? <laughs> has there been any discussion about why he was actually let go? They're just doing a whole restructuring at Alpine, and I think it's just a multitude of reasons. So they initially got shuffled over their CEO, I think it was. Right. And he, I've heard quotes from him. I listened to his Beyond the Grid interview from the start of the year where it did sound like he had good leadership and like a good outlook on where the team could possibly go but then you're hearing how impatient he is being with i'm sorry but this is a massive ship you're trying to steer it's yeah. it's not something like we remember the titanic it was huge but it had a rudder like that big and that's that's what f1 teams are again so it's like i'm sorry it just it's gonna take time and it sounds like he was being very impatient and so he got shuffled out and it basically just sounds like they're just taking a close look and investigating, inspecting everything they possibly can with that team and figuring out what's working and what's not. And the thing is, Otmar was at Racing Point for, what, 15 years throughout mm -hmm. it becoming Aston Martin and, and it was Force India even before those two teams. So he has had a long record of making the best of not having much because that was the whole thing with Force India, is they did a lot with very little. So he is somebody that presumably knows what he's doing. I would imagine, though, that it's a culture problem. Like, he just maybe didn't fully fit in with what the team wanted or needed. And sometimes that's what happens. Like, I, I do think that's what happened with Benito as well, is that he just wasn't the right person for that particular job in that moment with the team. And at the end of the day, you do have to start with the leadership because they set the tone for the rest of the team. Mm -hmm. And when you're not seeing results, the first head always on the chopping block is always the team principal. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not really seeing some of their results from the season so far. It's not super surprising that he's going. I think it's surprising that he's going, that they announced mm -hmm. it in the middle of the weekend. And like, they're just like, yeah, okay, by the way, you won't see him afterwards. Like, couldn't have waited a couple of days but I, I i'm not in charge of it so what True. do i know although the one thing that probably was the first 
you know, nail in the coffin or the start of the end, however you want to put it, is that he fumbled. This is the one year anniversary, pretty much, of him fumbling both Alonzo and Piastri. I feel like his days were numbered the moment that happened. So my conspiracy theory, and it's unfounded completely, was that <laughs> he knew he was in hot water when he fumbled Piastri. Mm-hmm. because the Alonzo one you can kind of amount to like Alonzo is making Alonzo-esque decisions True. and like you can follow his career and be like that's just Fernando but Oscar was like their golden boy and so when he fumbled Oscar I think that that was when he knew he was in hot water but then the McLaren sucked at the beginning of the season so the narrative was well dodged a bullet because maybe he's not as good as everybody thinks. And then the McLaren got good. And then Oscar started performing. Yeah. And then it was like, ooh, now we actually really wish we had him. Not that they don't wish that they had Pierre, because I also think it looked good to have Pierre P3 in the sprint race. That was amazing to see. But poor Esteban Ocon, I will stand by it. He's the unluckiest man alive in the year 2023. I he swear. really is. It's so painful. But this weekend they had a pretty they had a pretty decent weekend, both of them this time around. Yeah. Gav got P three and then was just off of points in P eleven, I wanna say. Yep. 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 Yeah. Because he was managing tires. mm -hmm. And then Esteban, similar thing. He uh he ended just out of points in eighth or ninth. No, ninth or tenth. In this in the sprint race. In the sprint race. Yeah. Yeah. In the sprint race. Esteban ended just outside of the points. And then he, he ended just in the, in the points during the main yeah. race. Yeah. yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> they flip-flopped but, a little bit, but yeah. It was and on the heels of a have... two double DNFs, both yeah, Silverstone like, and ouch. Hungary. Both of whom, both of them were not Alpine fault though, right? Because with Hungary, they were rear-ended into each other. Yes. Right. Not their fault. And then Pierre got strolled right into the gravel trap um yikes again biggest weakness that man has is checking his rear view mirrors they're there for a reason come on and then esteban retired because i don't remember why esteban retired if it was just like a problem with the car Mm -hmm. and reliability or if it was he got damaged and then had to retire that's the one i can't recall fully because the year previous to that he did have to retire due to reliability yeah Twice Silverstone now in a row. He hasn't finished. Yeah. Painful. Speaking of not finishing, um, Oscar Piastri, the pain I felt in turn one of the Belgian Grand Prix this weekend. Like, talk about some promise, some real promise for some really great racing. And I know that the McLaren wasn't great in the dry. We saw Mm -hmm. that their setup was really more geared towards the wet conditions. But even still, I was like, he's starting so far in the front. I think he's aggressive. I think he could have at least finished in the points, had a chance at the podium. I think that if Carlos hadn't have locked up, it might have been avoidable. I don't Um, think it would have been. But... It was a really tough. Do you guys think that, do you think that Carlos should have been penalized? No. Okay. No. I don't think either of them should have been penalized. At the end of the day, they both took like an inch too far on either end, which is what makes it a racing incident. Oscar, I think he likes that inside line. Mm -hmm. That's what he did at Silverstone that paid off. And then he tried doing it again this time and it didn't. And again, going the inner line on lap one, turn one, 
maybe you'll benefit hugely and maybe you won't. It's a risk. And this time he didn't reap the rewards. And then Carlos getting that lockup was just bad luck. I do mm -hmm. think that if Carlos hadn't had the lockup, the cars still would have been so close together because that's a tight turn. Yeah. And even if Oscar hadn't gone over the curb and had perfectly hit the apex, his racing line still would have been very much sweeping outwards instead of turning inwards like everybody else's kind of would have been. Well, and I think he was trying to take avoidant action with Hamilton on the outside, but yeah. I don't, I actually, I don't really feel like Oscar was super at fault because he was trying to get out of Carlos's way, yeah. but he had nowhere to go. So literally, Carlos literally squeezed him. So I was like, Oscar was just yeah. in a tough spot, in a really tough spot. And okay, yeah. speaking of taking damage and, and or penalties, do you think that the penalty that Lewis received in the sprint race was fair? Yes, she does. It was fair. <laughs> does Buck not? Uh, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> it, if you, it, it depends on how you're, you're judging it, but they were side by side on a slick track and he drifted a little bit. He didn't steer. He didn't, he didn't misjudge anything or take a risk that you otherwise wouldn't have. It was just a consequence of being on a slippery track. And he did his best to stay on the inside and the just physics kind of drifted him a little bit that way. The same thing could be said for signs locking up and having a less control on his entry into turn one. Mm -hmm. And I thought signs was far less cautious after locking up and choosing how he was going to dive into that corner and going as tight as he did. Um, I, I, it, it's funny. I, I, I'm the reverse. I think that signs should have maybe not got a penalty, but I don't think Oscar needed to like, what was Oscar going to do? He had no, like he had not, like there was not, like he right. was trying to be cautious. But, but he still he acquiesced at the, after the race and said, oh, you know, he almost took the blame for it at least, it, it kind of. Because he's so classy. Absolutely. But I don't yeah. think Hamilton did, like, did anything wrong. There was plenty of room. He, mm -hmm. it just, it, un, unfortunate sliding of the car over and, and hit him. And also he didn't damage the guy's race. What are you like, talking about? Checos? He, yeah. He didn't. Checo DNF'd. And he had the giant hole in the side pod from okay. where the tire slammed into it. He did have the giant hole. They chose to take him out of the race, but he didn't like he didn't like gain some sort of crazy advantage from the impact, like where he like knocked him out of the way and like, he passed him three corners later on the on the pit the, the start finish straight. Yeah. I just mm. it, it just didn't seem like something where like oh five seconds for for that like. Are you punishing him because of the outcome? Like, had, had Checo not DNF'd, would they have not given him five seconds? That's the real question. I got myself in trouble yesterday on the WTF1 <clears throat> podcast because I said that I, I felt like the penalty was fair because Checo was ahead and because Lewis was attempting the overtake. And so technically the fault is at is in Lewis's hands that he could he should have yielded and that's also not a normal place for overtaking at spa he could have mm -hmm. waited a few corners in a more in an easier place to overtake and it would have been fine i do think some of the penalty resulted because of the dnf that you saw from checo 
but should that decide a penalty? I don't know. But I, I do feel like Lewis is a little bit at fault, but I also got yeah. myself in trouble for saying that. So. <laughs> See, my big thing is that people saying like, oh, well, it's a slide, it's a slide. Part of your job when you're wet racing is making different judgment calls than you would when it's dry. And so choosing mm. to try and overtake when you're not on the dry line, you are accepting that this is riskier and there's more a chance of sliding and making an error. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, Lewis should have, yes, been more patient and overtook at a place where he had more control. It was just a bad judgment call in my mind for him to like go in there and then his car slid, yeah, mm -hmm. into Checo's side pod. I don't think it would have had anything to do necessarily with because he fully slid into Checo's side pod, like full tire into it, I think that's where it's kind of like, no, you 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 caused a collision like full on, regardless of if it damaged the side pod or caused the DNF. Mm -hmm. He did drive his car into somebody else. And yeah. in my I mind, I don't think he was trying to. Like he wasn't no, intentionally no, trying to hit Checo. But yeah, no, I, I'm with you. But I'm also yeah. a Lewis Hamilton fan. I think he's a class act. And I think that he was driving like Ayrton Senna says. That when you see the gap, you go for it. True. And when you just stop doing that, you're not a racing driver anymore. And I'm like, you know, that was his philosophy. Oh, you know who went for the gap brilliantly and controlled? Esteban. Yeah. When he was like just breaking into the curves and just like kept yeah. going. And you were like, ah. Yeah. His there were some great overtakes, honestly. I feel like so there were some really good. Alex Albon was over overtaking his tush off. He was just like, especially for the first stint of the race, I was like, we just saw Alex climbing and climbing and it was lovely to see. Lovely it was. See. Oh, and then Yuki. Yuki always Yuki. makes me so happy these days when he gets it right. Because it's just like, yeah, it's all going according to plan. And it's just smooth and beautiful. Yeah. And did you hear the quote of him being like, I owe so much to Piaia because he helped me yes. so much. And I wouldn't be here without him. I was yes. like, yes. Preciousness. Oh. More class oh, acts. No. Honestly, I was glad to see Yuki have a really good result, especially in comparison to Daniel. Because I, I feel like it has to have been really difficult over the last week to mm -hmm. be hearing like, oh, Daniel's already better than Yuki. He's already better than you. I'm like, y'all, it is way too early to be saying that. Just because Daniel had a better result one weekend mm -hmm. does not mean that he is coming in and wiping the floor with his teammate. Because if you look at this weekend's results, it didn't look too good for Daniel. And everyone was like, and I'm not, I'm not a Daniel hater. I'm a Daniel supporter. But everyone was like, oh, well, he had his lap time to lead. And I was like, yeah, because of track limits. That's the rule. Like, he we can't know. ignore that he went off the track. <laughs> and even Daniel said, like, yeah, I made a mistake. Yeah. Like, he's admitting it. We can say it. It's fine. Yeah. It's real. You know? It happened. And the, yeah. the part of the whole thing that disappoints me the most is that you're seeing so much growth from Yuki from having more of that leadership position, from not having a senior driver mm -hmm. to depend on. Because mm -hmm. Nick, as much as he had a number of racing gears, he was still new to the series. And so, you know, Yuki had that slight advantage of, not advantage necessarily, but there was just a different dynamic where they could both bounce off of each other a little bit more. Whereas with Daniel, it's like, no, he just has more experience flat out in this series. And I think it was just so good for Yuki to get that slightly different experience of, mm -hmm. no, I am the one who has the most experience in this team, in this environment. I am the senior figure. Mm -hmm. um, okay, to change the subject a little bit, do we feel like 
Max's engineer was getting a little saucy on the radio. I was like, so everybody soft. needs a break. We need a break. <laughs> Summer break. Go on vacation. My ring light. Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It made me laugh so much because you. I felt like this was just stuff that GP was holding onto and yes. needed to say. and was just yeah. kind of like, Max, we're a team. Yeah. You don't get to just say, I want it. I want it. I want it. No, we work together. You have to take into account what I say. Yeah. And to be fair, he said it in a controlled but sassy way. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so... He's like the king of passive aggression. I swear. It's so, so it's a masterclass. And he has to have the thickest skin ever to be able to like confidently say that. Because I feel like if I was Max's engineer, I'd be like, what you thinking, Max? I would be like, well, I'm not going to say that. I feel like that would step on toes but I, was, I just feel like i'd be like what do you what do you think max what do you want to do okay we'll figure out a way to make that happen for you and gp's like no i'm looking at the data you need to chill you have enough of a lead meanwhile he continues to set a second faster every lap for the rest of the race it's like what is happening oh, so true also it's it's mostly just because i don't know all the technicalities but I felt like fuel preservation was a bigger conversation on Sunday than it normally is. Why? Why? Like, why was it such a bigger concern this weekend? Is but was it because the laps were so much longer? Elevation changes? You know, like I don't. I just felt like that was. I was. I was hearing that a lot more this weekend than I normally do towards the end of the race. I would imagine it's because of how short free practice was. And they had a uh, limit on how much data they could collect. And then they were all doing short fuel runs for the majority of the weekend after that. They were doing qualifying and then a sprint race. Yeah. And so just very limited. And it is it is spa. So, yes, the long lap time comes into play because you don't have as many laps that you can complete to collect data. Data. On. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're still collecting, like, long distance runs potentially from free practice. But it's it's just a different ball game. Mm-hmm. And and on that note, what do we think of spa, spa, however you want to say? I love saying spa. I feel like it's just so satisfying. <laughs> um, but how do we feel about it being selected as a sprint race? Wrong. I don't like it. Okay, I think me, it's okay. Say. I don't. I don't <laughs> think it's right. I don't think it's right for spa to be a race weekend for multiple reasons. First of which being it is the longest lap on the calendar. So I'm like, why would you make a sprint race? the longest lap on the calendar a B planned. There's so many. And like B you have um, only so much time over the weekend to collect data. It's already a pretty dangerous track in comparison to some of the other tracks. And you have weather variability almost every time you go. So Mm -hmm. why would you add an extra level of question and question marks for the teams and the drivers and unable to do a lot of the testing that they get to do in free practice by having a sprint race. I like sprint races. I like the sprint race weekends. I like that it created an opportunity for Oscar to walk away with points this weekend, even though he DNF'd on Sunday. I think that's a great opportunity for drivers. However, I don't think Spa is the track for it. Mm-hmm. Plus, we almost saw qualifying being completely rained out and yes. not an option. They had to find that alternative of, well, what do? How do we set up the grid if we can't do this qualifying session? 
Yep. What what do we do? And <sighs> it's just like, well, this is this is what you get for doing a sprint race where you have such a rigid schedule yeah. at a track where you regularly have to be like, mm, sorry, bad weather. We kind of got to wait this out. And on that note, these sessions being at like 3 or 6 a.m., whatever it is for me, waking up and then oh, being so. like, sorry, it's raining. We're going to yeah. wait for an hour and a half. Yeah. And me just being like, are you kidding me? And then the exact same thing happened with Formula E. Oh, really? Yeah, they're, they're, uh, their Sunday race. They had to wait an hour and a half to start it because it's, it was extra complicated because it's an indoor and outdoor track. I was going to say, isn't it like So it's extra indoor? screwy. Yeah. Was it because of rain? <laughs> yes, it was rain. It was raining outside, not inside. But Naturally. it was still like torrential downpour. And Yikes. they got the sweepers out. There were marshals that were sitting on a block and like paddling like little goofers. It was funny. Um, but I... The pain I felt this weekend, I'm just like, you know yeah. what? I am ready for a break. I'm ready for IndyCar to only be the thing I'm concentrating on where they have reasonable times because I'm on the same continent as them. I am I am this close. I'm like two European races and start times away from just packing everything up and being like, you're up. Honestly, because I was Let's talking go. to some I was talking to some people yesterday. It's almost also getting to the point where it is it's like the Taylor Swift tickets. It's easier and cheaper mm -hmm. to go to the European races than it is to go to the ones in my own country. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. The amount, the amount that I will fight any American that tries to go to any Canadian date. Like if I see a, if I find a single American at, there's one bald Eagle at the Canadian Grand Prix, they will become endangered <laughs> again. <laughs> not, the, not the Grand Prix, the Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, the Taylor Swift. Uh, oh. there's, are you there's, going? There's rumor, there's rumors going around right now that she's planning to do shows yeah. in Canada, but that she wasn't able to announce them because there's radius rules in the States about like how soon you can have concerts that would be competing with the one like one stadium kind of a thing. Yeah, Sometimes I don't America's know how it fully works. Right? But basically because we are so close to the border, like Seattle is right there. So we would be technically yeah. in a competing radius. So yeah. she has to wait until the American leg is done to be able to announce Canadian dates. Mm. Rumor right now is that she'll be in Toronto in November of 2024. And wow. that there are two dates on the calendar in Vancouver. So I am just like losing my marbles. I'm being like, who do I know that has any of the credit cards that will get you a ticket master advantage? Like, mom, do you still have this? <laughs> like, like, what do I have to do? What what favors do I have to like pull in to make yeah. this happen? Because I want it for you here a little bit. I want it for you. I do. I want it for you very much. Yeah, it's um, oh it's getting a little out of hand. Uh, how expensive it is here in the states. I was, um, I think we talked about this. Was it last week where Motorsport.com posted the graphic about oh, like the gosh, cheapest yeah. and the most expensive races and the three cheapest are like so bad the two of them in europe one of them's japan but the three most expensive ones are the three that are in america and vegas wasn't even listed as the most expensive one it was like the second most expensive one at like 580 dollars something and i had so many people dm me they were like that is wrong las vegas like the las vegas ga tickets start at like 1200 dollars. they do not start at 580 dollars. that is some cap and i said that is the truth yeah it that's was, the truth i just i'm i've actually currently like mildly given up on going to coda i finally have oh, just like no. conceded of like 
Well, because the tickets that are left, the last time I looked at ticket prices, and I'm like kicking myself in the butt for this, was when you did the 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 spin the wheel yeah. partnership, whatever it was. Yeah, those are great. And uh, I just the time ran out before I was like, oh right, oh, I, I should use order the code. This. Yeah, exactly. And so I was just like, ah, nutter butter. And so now I missed out on it. It sucks. And the only tickets that are left are the ones that are like four thousand dollars plus. So I'm kind of just like, well, if somebody has an extra ticket or has connections that like, if there's a way for me to go to Coda, I will go, but it will not be by my own means and my own like conniving. Don't they have Sunday only tickets? Christina, let's talk after this live because I don't want to just broadcast (laughs) to the world (laughs) the information that I have, but I have information for you. But let's move on to something else. Anyway, <laughs> oh. what else happened this? Oh, Charles Leclerc back on the podium. Oh my god! Um, another another broken trophy for Red Bull's trophy case. Like, this the gasp I gasped when I saw that honestly, it was broken. I honestly would hate to be that guy that knocked over that sign. I would feel so bad. The way so I want to just Red Bull need to get a sponsor that's like a glue brand or something like this, like Gorilla Glue <laughs> or something. Like, some this is a prime opportunity for a for for a social account that's to be like hysterical. hey red bull fuck that's you need hysterical. this cake. i also thought of a fantastic sponsor for ferrari i'm if it's going to be one of those like telehealth therapy things i'm gonna lose my mind it's not okay it's tied it's tied pens because when you cry you will get mascara stains oh. on things mm. tied that's clever for all your ferrari tier needs that's clever that yeah. is very clever. Oh. No, honestly, my beef, and, and honestly, it's a shock that they haven't broken one before with this right? like Red Bull champagne celebration it's not even thing champagne, that they do. It's Red Bull. No, it's Red Bull, but like they're like, they're like, it's their champagne moment. True. But I feel like, I'm like, I think that it's fine, but let's not put the valuable items in a compromising position or, or, let the people hold them. Like, don't put them on the ground. Have run Max hold them. his. Yes. So that when the running happens, they run with them. The way it was Helmet, like, diving to save them. And it was just like, he's he's old enough that you're kind of just like, I feel like sometimes, every once in a while, people hit that certain age. Well, everybody hits that certain age, really. Yeah. And then you're just like, you shouldn't move too quickly. <laughs> and I feel like... <laughs> And I kind of just was like, Grandpa, no. no. <laughs> I saw Helmet diving for that. Oh, respectfully. <laughs> yes, respectfully, Helmet. Also, the <sighs> one Red Bull girl that I felt like the broadcast kept showing before the podium celebration. Did you guys see that moment? I was like, who is this girl? Are we supposed to know who she is? They kept like showing this one girl she was beautiful like this beautiful girl i was like do we know her she had this really pretty bun she was standing with another i I shouldn't call her a girl she's a a full-grown woman she's a woman sitting next to another woman she had like her hair was like cute like braid and then like cute bun in the back and beautiful like wearing the red bull um uniform and things and i was like are we supposed to know who this is because they've they showed her like two or three times i was like why but there was no infographic telling us who she was. I was like, what is this? What are we? Yes, she's gorgeous. But what does she serve a prominent purpose to the podium celebrations? Or, or is it just her gorgeous hair? Because honestly, if I spent my time on my hair that morning like that, I would want it to be featured as well. Yeah. But 
like, like show it big up there. Yeah, show me my hair. But um, did you guys see? Um, I think it was Max's little sister. Oh his my little goodness. Ha- so the sweet. little cutie patootie. Yes, so sweet, precious. So I feel like he's tiny. such a good brother. He's got to be such a good brother. He's just a family man. Like at the yeah. end of the day, that's what it is. He just yeah. he and Lando. Oh, interesting. I feel like Carlos is a very like family man kind of guy. Like he's always doing stuff with his family on time mm-hmm. off. Always true. Big but, family vibes. Yeah, love the family. All right. Well, nice. it's. Are, have we concluded? Oh, no, we still have time. Um, I'm like, what time is it? What day is it? Summer it's summer time. break. It's summer break. Okay, what it's else happened vacation. this weekend? Um, felt like I, it was pretty quiet from the George Russell front for the most part. They this just weekend. had a very, he had a very forgettable weekend yeah. at the end of the day. Like, that was, that was it. That was very forgettable. Yeah. Um, Except for his else? quote where he said it would be great if, max wasn't competing then it would actually be entertaining f1 i was like okay george (laughs) okay george yeah so this is like an argument i've seen like obviously a lot of fans are having on the internet about you know max running away with it and it it, i'm sure the same arguments were being had when lewis was running away with it but I, i think the root thing is people expect sports to be a competition where there's an uncertainty to the outcome Mm-hmm. And so in soccer, in football, you start with, you know, same number of people, a ball, zero score, fight it out. There doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be a fight going on. We're not watching a fight. So everyone's having that emotional reaction to not watching a fight. And it makes me think there needs to be a paradigm shift on how people view F1. Because yeah. it's mm-hmm. because it's you have this this. This is how I started out as a fan. The first time I started watching, I was not a fan of an individual driver. I was kind of fans of cars and the teams. And I almost think because it's a two-part competition, the the cars Mm -hmm. and the drivers, drivers. the the focus should almost be on the cars and the teams. Oh, yeah. Not as much as the drivers. Like the teams should almost be allowed to just start swapping drivers left and right. Whatever's going to make our car work the best because the car is what matters. And we've had that's been the argument for for years now is uh, people saying that oh it wasn't Lewis it was the car, and you can see now that it's a combination of the it it's n- not just the Red Bull it's Max and Red Bull together make this, yeah. so it, it, I think fans would have less need for that that um, tide stick if uh, your sh- your focus was on the team and the cars less so than the drivers but we're not geared that way with sports we're geared with the athlete is the thing we focus on and i yeah that's just well and red bull has never kept it a secret that they believe in a driver one and a driver two and that car has been built around max for zappen um i think that they have various setups that suit checo that are different because Checo's requested them, but they've spent a long time building things around Max. So I'm not saying it's just a car. It's absolutely also Max, but I feel like we need to cut Checo some slack a little bit that like they've been really building this car for Max for a long time. I don't know if they've been building a car for Checo. Um, True. Just to get myself in trouble a little bit more. But um, I think that, I mean, sometimes it's really easy to be like, oh, like poor Checo. I'm like, Checo's wallet is fine. 
Checo puts his bed, his head on the pillow at night in his multi-million dollar mansion. And if he's a really good driver too, he's going to keep doing that. You know what I mean? Like they're all competitors, of course. And they all will have a mindset that they are the best one out there. Otherwise you can't do it. And I don't think any of them are happy necessarily as driver too, but like perspective people, his, his phone bill gets paid consistently you know what i mean like he's never late on his oh. rent he is if he's paying okay. rent i have i mean questions. you get you get what i mean like he's gonna be fine he's gonna be okay his family's gonna be okay he's gonna be very successful somebody asked me the other day if like he ever regrets not retiring after his like high with racing point and then he could just go out on a bang and i was like no he's made so much money since then it doesn't yeah. matter he's made so much money since then like if i was him i'd be like i don't care what team i'm on i'm ride it out i'm gonna get my bag and then i'm gonna do what i want at the end well, of it but as long as i can do it i'm gonna keep doing it and he won monaco yeah so much so much is worth just winning it yes Did he win he won singapore too? He won Singapore uh, this year. He's what is he? He, he won. He won. He won. Yeah, he won. He won, he won two Jetta. this year. Yeah, he won Jetta and he, was it Baku? Was that Sebastian? It might have. I think it was Baku. I know he won this. It would have had to race. been in the first. It was in the first four races because we're at Max being at eight or nine in a row at this point. We have a question from uh, the audience. Hey, audience. Uh, Taymur. I'm I'm probably going to say this wrong. Uh, Taymur from Pakistan says, hi, Caroline. Hi. Uh, Question is, I'm a newer F1 watcher. I have a question. Why has Aston Martin underperformed the last two or three races? Great question. I'm going to shoot it over to Christina because she knows more than I do. <laughs> but honestly, my my thought is that all the other teams have been bringing in new upgrades. I think Aston Martin came in with a lot of their really good ideas at the beginning of the season. And I hope it means that they're working on next year's car because I'm sure Red Bull's already started looking ahead to work on next year's car. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily that Aston Martin has fallen so much as the other teams have caught up. We because discussed this look, last episode too, I think. Yeah, yeah. if you look at the gap in in the field and like let's 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 ignore this weekend a little bit because max was like destroying it but if you look at the gap really in the field it's really close it's closer than people think it's within one second for quality a lot of the time yeah yeah like i mean max almost didn't make it into q3 for goodness sake that was so close like (laughs) you could feel everybody just like the hope that rose across the world (laughs) it was so close it was so So close close. but then we had a nice little gp sass moment and it really kind of diffused the situation in a really good way i was like way to go gp um but thank you for your question i hope i answered it and did i miss anything christina no that really is the gist of it the last time they brought a big upgrade i believe was canada Mm-hmm. And besides that, they've been relatively minor since there. So it is potentially just that their upgrades are misstepped with everybody else's. It's possible that these upgrades just aren't doing what they want to do. And I also have the theory that the, their last upgrade was right before they opened their new factory. So the timing of it mm. could have potentially been planned to give them that little bit of wiggle room, like two, three weeks before the summer break. So then they could have all of that time to get settled 
into yeah. their new facilities just in case something at the facility wasn't working so that way they weren't dependent on it yada 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 like moving is a task that's a that would be i wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the conversation of the timing of their upgrades true story spellgo in the comments says hey i feel it as a is, is as a cycle since watching f1 since 2002 uh we learned a lot about this from Sean Kelly too, because that's when yeah. he got his his start. Um, go back to and listen to that episode on the on the podcast. I learned early on in two thousand two and two thousand four with a dominant Schumacher and Ferrari season that we'll see this when the rules package remains relatively the same. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you can look back at the history of F one and think everything kind of really seems to move in cycles, and it's set up that way when the regulations are changing. So consistently, I mean, every four or five years, whatever. Yeah. 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 Although, did you see that the tire blankets are that decision has been extended? Do we like this decision? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think at the the end of the day, taking away the tire blankets is a great end goal, but you do have to do it properly. And if it's Mm -hmm. not ready, it's not ready. To quote Lance Stroll, I don't think we're ready to be rid of the tire blankets yet. Not yet. Although the wet weather tires are blanketless currently. Yes. And I do believe the intermediates are going to be rolled out soon-ish. I'd have to double check the timing on that one. Yeah. Interesting. But it sounds like they're... I was just reading reading the regulations today, actually, because version five of this year came out and I didn't download the newer version. So I had to go through that and look at the changes. That has to be so frustrating for you, Christina. Oh, it's... <laughs> Just a smidge. Just a little. It has to make you crazy. Like all of my notes now are in an old version, all the questions I have. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, you know what? Whatever. It is what it is. But it looks like I think 2024 is their like deadline as well for the intermediate tires being blanketless. So they'll continue to do testing for that throughout this season, I believe. Yeah. Very cool. Any other questions? Spellgo just uh, followed up on what he said. He says, you see the feels that we see the most competition between all the teams and drivers as they figure out a completely new rule set. Totally. And it makes me wonder, yeah. should we just have like a hundred percent ground up new set of rules every year? And then it's just like a race to who <laughs> that can. That would be so crazy. That'd be so expensive. And honestly, I feel like that would be difficult to keep track of because, and it goes back to something that Lewis Hamilton actually proposed. He proposed having a start date for when teams are allowed to start working on the next year's car. Mm-hmm. Because I'm surprised some, they don't have that already. Honestly, but I think it's because they want to give the teams freedom to either choose to figure out what they have now or just start looking ahead because development builds. So if you're having if you're having new regulations every year, it kind of defeats that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just becomes kind of a, who's the best procrastinator? That's kind of what it I becomes. <laughs> I have ages to do this. <laughs> Never mind. It's due tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Time for Red Bull. Red Bull would still win. Like, it's, come on. I mean, they've, they've if you have Adrian Newey, you have, you have the answer. But I feel like I agree with Lewis Hamilton that there should be a date that you're allowed to start working like actively yeah. working on next year's car i think you can theorize all you want in your brain like you can't concept versus building. yeah yeah but as far as like testing and things i think there should be a start a definitive start date yeah 
especially because the teams that are already far ahead are just going to say, our car is good enough. People really aren't, because that's what Red Bull are doing this year. They've mm-hmm. stopped actively bringing upgrades to their car, and the only ones they're going to be bringing are track-specific. So, like, switching out the high and low downforce rear wings kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But they're not actively developing this car anymore. They're concentrating all their efforts on next year's. Yeah. And if if the other teams aren't doing that as well, and because it's on the, the back same set... Year. Exactly. And because it's the same set of regulations, what they do this year is built upon for next year. So by not having that start date, it's already more of an advantage to the team that's ahead. Totally. Like, totally. I'm I'm really shocked that they don't have that rule already. Like Yeah. They do. I mean they shocked. they yeah, they need it. They cuz oh, it's kind of like when you're in school and the teacher announces to the class the Hello, date of the in. test. Oh. Amazon. Is it here? Let's go. Let's go. Um, (laughs) No, it's kind of like when you're in school and you have a test and the teacher announces to the whole class the test date. And so everybody has the same amount of time to prepare for the test. And it's not like, right. And, you know, and then you go to college and they give you syllabuses and then technically like you can start studying for the test in November in August if you really want to. But like, no one really does that except for Red Bull. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Tamor okay. is asking, is there a driver you two miss on the grid? Someone who has retired, you'd love to see them on track again. I'd love to see Nick DeVries have another shot. That's what I would love to see. Honestly, Absolutely. I miss Seb. In, in real reality, though, I miss Seb Vettel. I do. And he doesn't have to be back on track as a driver. I just want to see. I want his his light and his presence back. Isn't he in some way. the sustainability manager or something for f1 now that was offered to him i don't don't know if he accepted it i know it was a conversation though yeah i don't know but i'd love to see him and for nick devries to have another chance well (laughs) two more teams being announced that's four more seats opening up he could come back yeah totally it's true totally I'm, that's that that news is going to come either smack dab in the middle of the summer or right as we're getting started again mm-hmm. and i'm just like it's making me so tense i'm just like i just want to know just tell us i want to know well isn't it audi and high tech or i get yes that is who it is but oh I... no it's not out Al- it's not audi it would be andretti no, no, and no, high sorry andretti the other yeah a. right like Andretti, who just saw a lot of success in Formula E. Good for them. Whoop, whoop. Rah, rah. But Formula E is also starting a silly season now. So, you know. And IndyCar. Oh, my gosh. This is too much. Too many people are moving everywhere. I just... Christina, who do you want to see on the grid that's retired or no longer driving? Well, Seb is, is the obvious big one. Yeah. But I would love, actually, to see a comeback for any of the drivers that are actually in IndyCar now make the jump back into F1. Oh. Because we regularly see the F1 drivers being like, eh, I'm just going to go over like to Like Roman Grosjean? The return? Him or Marcus Erickson in particular, because he's mm-hmm. doing like, he won the Indy he's 500. Really well. yeah, he's, he's had like really well. how much experience, how many points, how many great successes. Would love to see him make that jump back into F1 and yeah. see like the growth, the maturity, the adaptation mm-hmm. of skills. I think that would be really cool. I know yeah. he's not retired, but like, Come back. Yeah. That'd be fun. Spellgo. And he has the super license, so. Spellgo thinks Colton Herta is definitely getting a seat with Andretti. 
Yeah, I, a lot of people want to see Colton Herta in F1. Yeah. I think F1 is a very political game that I have no insider information on. So I think there are a lot of drivers that deserve to be there that never get a chance. And I think that there are drivers that are there that maybe don't deserve it as much as some others. But it's a political game as much as it is a talent game. And I yeah. think there are plenty of drivers across the globe that are good enough for it. It is truly like winning the lottery. Like it's it's right place, right time, right talent, right pocketbook, right The window name. of opportunity. Yeah, right country that you come from. Because that's the other thing that I was talking to some people yesterday about that like all of the drivers that are at all connected to Russia have had to make really sudden, really drastic moves to like cut all ties to stay. For something that's kind of not even really their fault. Like it's true. Not the driver's fault. So before we go ones that have dual citizenship. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys catch the news that uh Sophia Florsch was the first female yeah. to score yeah. points in F three? And they didn't get taken away this time. Oh and from twenty fourth up to seventh. Like what a Barbie girl move. Honestly, kind of She's even more impressive. Girl. Yeah. Amazing. Love well, it. Okay, this weekend overall for Alpine Junior drivers, mm-hmm. like Jack Dewan getting um, a first place again, mm-hmm. and then you had Abby Pulling getting pole. She got disqualified from the race later on, but like, but we'll go Abby. <laughs> and then, and then yeah, Sophia getting points. It was just like wow, Alpine. amazing. Love to see. Not it. bad. And that F1 Ooh. Academy is going to be broadcasted going yeah. forward. Um, po- what is it? Post Coda. Starting at Coda. Starting at Coda. Love Which, to see it. Okay. Exactly three or four days ago, before that announcement, I had done the, a video bit talking about the, um, oh, well, they're next year going to be running the F1 liveries on 10 of the cars. Yeah. And someone commented this thing that people were always commenting, no matter what you were talking about Formula E, was just like, I just want a broadcast. And it's like, it was it was really annoying me up at, at that point because it's like they're gonna be broadcasting it. There's obviously just an issue that they have to work out to yeah. make it possible. Yeah. They're gonna do it. You saying that you want it to happen isn't gonna make it happen any sooner. Yeah. And lo and behold, my comment was, I'm convinced that it will appear on F1 TV the moment they're at the track at the same time as Formula One. And that's exactly what two three days later was announced was gonna what happen. What do you know? So what's getting? I mean. Are they cramming an extra one in? Or are they still going to have F2, 3, Porsche, and now F1 Academy, like, all in the same weekend? F1 Academy was so. always the, one of the support races for Coda. For Coda. Yeah. yeah. It was always scheduled to be a support race there this year. Yeah. And then Formula 3 do, I want to say, like, a third of the races that F1 does. F2 does about half. And then at this year... F1 Academy did seven rounds, so seven weekends. So at the end of the day, they do have to like stagger them, probably. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what the we'll see what the schedule looks like. Yeah. So very but right. there's enough F1 weekends to go around for all the Hard support now. races. Well, what? we have to go get and uh, record our podcast episode. Thanks for joining yeah. us, everyone. Lovely yes. to have you all here. If you want to see uh, more of our lovely hosts, you can check out Caroline at F1 Caroline on most platforms. And definitely check out Fast Cars, Fast, fast, fast talk. talk. Which which order is it? Fast, fast cars, cars fa- Fast Talk. Fast Cars, Fast Cars, Talk. Need a theme song. <laughs> fast, fast Cars, cars. And Fast Talk, you know. 
dot com. Like I, yeah. I couldn't get that out. Uh, and then check out our podcast everywhere you get your podcasts. Gravel Until Trap next F1. time. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Oh, 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 oh